praises to your name, oh Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. Let's slow it down just a little. We sing praises to your name, oh Lord, praises to your name, oh Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. I sing praises to your name, oh Lord, praises to your name, oh Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. I'll just lift your hands and sing that. We sing praises to your name, oh praises to your name, oh Lord. enter in right now. We sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, praises to your name. Oh, Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the price you paid, bearing all my sin and shame. In love you came and gave amazing grace. Thank you for this love. Wash me in your cleansing flow. Now all I know, your forgiveness and embrace. Ring it out now. Oh, sing it to him, church. Worthy is the Lamb. Yes, Lord. Worthy is the Lamb. From the top. Thank you for the cross, Lord. 
price you paid Bearing all my sin and shame Think about it now In love you came And gave amazing grace Thank you for this love, oh Lord Thank you for those nail-pierced hands Oh glory in your cleansing flow Yes, now all I know Your forgiveness said and prayed Oh, worthy is the Lamb Yes, seated on the throne Yes, we crown you now with many crowns, oh, you reign victorious. I lifted up now. Oh, Jesus, Son of God. Yes, the treasure of heaven crucified. Yeah. 
service this morning man i can see that you brought the spirit of worship with you man it's just a wonderful atmosphere in here let's just keep that spirit of worship going thought we had seen that song let the worshipers arise key of f musicians father i can see that you were drawing a line in the sand and i want to be standing by your side in your hand, so let your yes, and let it live in me. This is my prayer. Sing it again now. This is my belief. Well, Father, I can see that you were drawing a line in the sand, and I want to be standing by your side. Well, I hold in your hand, so let your Yes, let it live in me. This is my prayer. This is my plea. Let the worshipers arise. Sing it now. Oh, let the sons and the daughters sing. Oh, yes. I surrender in my all. Surrender to the King. Let the worshipers, oh, let the worshipers arise. Yes, let the sons and the daughters sing. Come on, sons and daughters, sing it. I surrender Him my all. Oh, yes, I surrender to the King. Sing this now. Father, I can hear it growing louder. The song of the redeemed. As the saints of every nation, they're awakening to sing. And from our hearts there comes an anthem. Oh, hear the heaven three. This is our song. A song to our King. Let the worshipers arise. Oh yes, let the 
sons and the daughters sing glory. I surrender here my all. Oh, yeah. I surrender to the King. Let the worshipers, let the worshipers arise. Let the sons and the daughters sing. I surrender here my all. I surrender to the King. Thought we could sing that song, Sister Becky, The Splendor of the King, How Great is Our God. I love this song. Forgive me if I seem repetitive with it, but if you could just stand here when you all sing that with all of your heart and hear it from my point of view. Imagine what that, that sounds like to your Heavenly Father. Let's sing this song and just really just enter in as we sing it. The splendor of a king Oh, clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice all the earth rejoice Will he wraps himself in light And darkness tries to hide And trembles at his voice Trembles at his voice How great is our God Will sing with me is our God, oh now we'll see how great, how great is our God. I love this verse here. Oh, and age to age he stands, you know the time is in his hand, beginning and the this the bride in Christ our one will unite in time has come and soon we're going home glory soon we're going home how great is our God sing with me how great is our God
is our God. Sing with me, how great is our God. Oh, and all will see how great, how great is our God. Could we sing name above all names again? Sing it now. His name above all names. Jesus, you are worthy of all praise. When oh, my heart will see how great is our God. Once again, name above all names, church. our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. Last time, very softly now. Oh, and how great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God oh and all will see how great how great is our God hallelujah praise you Jesus praise you Jesus name above all names glory to God heavenly father amen isn't that lovely friends Amen. I just love to sing praises to his name. Amen. We're going to change the order of our service today. I mean, we certainly welcome you to the service this morning and appreciate everyone just being a part and entering in with all your hearts the way you have. Man, it'll make something special. Amen. I know God has something in store for each and every person here, something that's just meant for you alone. Amen. If we just pull on that gift today, we're just delighted to have Brother Paul LaFontaine and his family with us, Brother Gideon. It's good to see you, brother. And, and we're just looking forward to hear, hearing what God has in store for us today. Let's, let's just take these needs to the Lord. Sister Becky and musicians can play something softly. Amen. We'll just take these needs to God. Amen. If you'd remember the drum family today, I mean, they're not with us. They're out of town. Uh, God would grant them traveling mercies. Amen. Also, the Paschal family could not be with us today. If you remember them in prayer as well. Uh, also, the Whitlocks, uh, the Whitlock family was not able to make it. They had car trouble. And so we just want to remember those folks that couldn't be with us. Uh, the male family as well, out of town, traveling. Um, so it's a holiday weekend, and we understand that. So we'll just pray that God would protect them on the highways, wherever they're at, that they would be a blessing to others along their travels. Amen. Uh, if you'll remember Sister Jackie Whitlock in prayer, she's not feeling well today. Man, that's all I have. Do you have unspoken prayer requests? You know that God, something special that you want God to remember, man. Brother uh, Ben, would you come up here and take these needs to the Lord for us, brother? 
Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, uh, it is really an honor and it's a privilege, Father, for us to be able to come this morning and just to tell you we love you and to be able to worship with our brothers and sisters and just to be able to let the world go away for a few hours, Father, and just to bathe in your presence and to be able to tell you that we love you. Lord, we just ask for these prayer requests, Father, Lord, that our brother Jaron has read, Lord, and for the hands that have been raised, Lord, for unspoken prayer requests, Father, Lord, you know what all of our needs are, and they're all different, Father, but you know each and every one of them, and they're all important to you. Lord, I just ask for those that couldn't be here that you'll be with them, uh, keep, keep us safe on this uh, holiday weekend, Father, those that are traveling, Lord, that you'd keep your angels around them. And Lord, help us to do our part this morning, Father, which is to pull. We know our brother Paul has, I'm sure, got ready for the service and studied, Father, but he's only one half of the part, Father. Help us to do our part. Ask you to continue to bless Brother Jaron and the rest of the congregation, our musicians, as we worship this morning. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for that, Brother Ben. You can have your seats. Don't mean to keep you standing too long. And, but it's just, how can you sit down when you're praising God that, that way? Amen. It's exciting. Let's sing this little song, The Heart of Worship. When the music fades and all is stripped away And I simply call Longing just to breathe Something that's a word That will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper with it to the way things appear You're looking into my heart oh, I'm coming back to the heart of worship It's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. King of endless words, no one could express how much you deserve. Oh, I'm a weak can pour all I have is yours every single breath I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required you search much deeper within to the way things appear You're looking into my 
all about you, Jesus. And I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Oh, it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. And I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it. Oh, it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Amen. If we could bring it up to the key of C, open the eyes of my heart. Let's sing this together. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Just sing that to him now. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Eyes of my heart, oh, I want to see you. Yes, I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up, oh, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power in love as we sing holy 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 I want to see you yes I want to see you well open the eyes eyes of my heart, I want to see you, Lord, I want to see you, well, open the eyes of my heart, Lord, open the eyes of my heart, yes, and I want Could you stand and sing with me? Well, to see you, I lifted up, oh yes, Lord, shining in the light of your glory, will and pour out your power and love as we sing. Take our morning offering. 
Amen. And you feel free to give as unto the Lord. Amen. And just continue your worship with your tithes and offerings. Amen. And I'll ask Brother Mike Pritchard. And if you would take us to the Lord in prayer over that. Let's sing the little song. Lord, I give you my heart. Give you my soul. Oh, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. And I live for you alone. And every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your the top oh this is my desire to honor you yes and alone with all my heart I worship you you're gonna worship him this morning why don't you just lift your hands and give it to him this and all I have within me will I give you praise and all that I adore is in you sing it now oh, Lord I give I give you my soul Just let it go now I live for you alone And every breath that I take Every moment I'm awake Lord, have your way in me Oh Lord, I give you my heart I give you my soul Every moment I'm awake Lord, have your way in me Oh Lord, I give you my heart I give you my soul And I live for you alone Every breath that I take Every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way. I give you my heart. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every Sing it again now. Sounds so good. My heart, and I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. 
sing praises to your name. I sing praises to your name. Oh Lord, praises to your name. Oh Lord, I'll worship him this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of all of our praise. Thank you, Jesus. I sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, praises to your name. Oh, Lord, for your name is great. You be praised. We sing praises. Thank you, Jesus. We sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, praises to your name. Oh, Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. I'd like to go to prayer with you, so hold your need before the Lord this morning and these ones that have been mentioned. And I'd also like to ask you, if you don't mind, to remember my father-in-law, Brother Fulcher, and uh, it's just been a very difficult week. He's been in hospital and out of hospital, and the condition that put him in hospital is still occurring. And so uh, we're going to ask you just to remember that need in prayer. He's 96 years old and uh, just a, a tough character, but he's 96 years old, and needs a touch from the Lord. So if you don't mind uh, holding that need in prayer. I talked to Brother Mike Walls yesterday, and Brother Mike Walls is still without a church building in Washington, D.C. And I mentioned to you before, and we'd like to continue to hold that need up in prayer. He has about 300 people or so, and that's not an easy thing to just find a place to have a service with 300 people in the city of Washington, D.C. And I told him, I said, Mike, we'll keep that before the Lord in the, in the church. And uh, he, he uh, wanted to say that he really appreciated that concern uh, that we have for them. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning that we can come to you. And your prophet taught us, Lord, that it's actually possible for us to have a conference with you at any time. And we can come before your throne of grace and mercy and present our petitions, believing that you are and you're a rewarder of them that diligently seek you. Lord Jesus, we have great confidence that you hear us today, not because we're anything special, Lord, in a human sense, but Lord, you're our father, you're our bridegroom, you're, you're our prince, you're our king, you're our counselor, you're our hope, you're our salvation, you're everything to us, Lord. And Father, we come with humility this morning asking forgiveness of anything that may offend you 
and, and present these petitions, Lord, all of them before you. And especially these ones that we've mentioned, Lord, Brother Fulcher. And, and God, we just pray that after a life of service, that, Father, you just reach down and, and just be merciful to him, Lord, we pray. Commit him into your care. Have your way now, we pray, Lord, in this whole day. We have prayed and waited, Lord, on you for this day. And we ask now in the name of Jesus Christ that you take every spirit, including my own. And, Lord, just I, I pray that you would just move in, Lord, and move out, Brother Paul, and take complete control of his faculties, Lord. And I just pray that you would use him and speak to us, Lord. There's many, many things, Lord, that he doesn't know about us. And, where we are and the things we're facing and the things we're questioning and Lord I just pray now that you'd use that vessel as a yielded vessel and, and Lord just speak through him as a channel today that's why we're here Lord we're not here to tell you what to do and we're not Lord, here to hold our agenda high we are here Lord to just give you the day and just say Lord Jesus come and speak to us we love you and we thank you for all you've done for us in Jesus name we pray Praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. You may be seated this morning just for a moment. We welcome all of you to the house of the Lord, and it's certainly great to have all of you with us today. Uh, we are honored uh, that you're here and uh, blessed with you being with us today. It's a special day. It's uh, Labor Day weekend. Lots of people traveling and moving around, but we are glad and honored that you're here today. Uh, as you know, and, and we've been announcing, we're going to have a, a picnic tomorrow, and uh, it'll start at 11, foods at 1, and uh, we just want to have a little time of fellowship and uh, camaraderie, but mainly the food, uh, tomorrow. So uh, we look forward to having all of you here. Speaking of picnics, it's a long way for a couple to come all the way from Beaumont, Texas for a picnic, but that's what the Davises did. Brother and Sister Davis, I wonder if we'd just stand up here and... Uh, would you stand up for us and just uh, both of you and your wife this is brother dennis and sister sandra uh davis and uh they are a part of our church very much thank you you can be seated very much a part of our church and uh, uh stay very much in tune and uh, wrote us this week and wanted to know what they could bring to the picnic and i thought now that's a dedicated people i know they're in the message when they're coming for the food right that's a sure sign because we're the most eatenest people in the world. And uh, uh, we appreciate you being here. May God bless you. They're coming to Israel with us as well uh, this year in November, and we're glad to have them. And they brought a couple with them from Virginia. Isn't that right? Uh, I told the deacons they should have moved them up to the front row if they're from Virginia. I mean, God bless you. We're glad to have you with us. And uh, it's an honor uh, to have you here and, and uh, each one. I just want to say we're going to talk a little bit about the trustees tonight, but I just wanted to say that uh, they did a wonderful job on, on the renovations back here in the restrooms. I think, are, we, are they good to go? Men's is finished. Two weeks for the women's. It, it looks beautiful back there, Ben, and I, I appreciate that. It, it's just been a, a great... Uh, a needed improvement and a great job. And they've done a great job out here in the back and, and uh, just different things, making a new parking lot out there and access to the parking lot. And uh, it's just great. There's a grassy parking lot and the asphalt parking lot now. So it depends on your time of arrival. We know who's late by parking out there. 
that's the beauty. It's all designed. We know who's late. So, but uh, we we appreciate uh, their work for sure. Well, you know what? The whole day is stretched ahead of us, and I I didn't want to clog up this day with anything but services, and so. Uh, we, we want you just to enter in now. Shake off everything that needs to be shaken off and just enter in because you have, we have a glorious opportunity for the Holy Spirit to speak to us uh, through uh, Brother Paul. We are just honored to have him with us. It's been a couple of years since he's been here. And uh, although he needs no introduction because if you ever click on YouTube, he's there. And um, this is a... A wonderful, wonderful event to launch a new album that is out, and I'm going to let him describe that. I was just so overwhelmed. I was speechless when I, when I heard about the new album, and it was just wonderful. So we're going to let him and Gideon, uh, or whoever's singing, uh, to come, and they're going to sing this morning for us a little bit. But we are honored to have Brother Paul. Uh, we um, known each other, I'd just say too long. <laughs> yeah. Too long. We have a strange and a wonderful relationship. He's, He's strange, strange and I'm wonderful. wonderful. <laughs> that's that's my line. And uh, but you know, I just love old people and I respect them. <laughs> it's just it's just great to have them here and the family and we are uh, honored and privileged. So I'm going to turn it to Brother Paul and uh, uh, just uh, let him do the launch. Thank you, brother. Hey, praise the Lord. It's good to be back after two years. Brother, is there another mic for a third one there? Which one do you want us to use? There should be a... Yell it out. Tell them what to do there. I just want to say how uh, grateful we are for the invitation to come again. And it's been... I didn't realize it had been two years, but it's good to be back in Catawba County. I think that's where I'm at. And uh, Hickory. And uh, so we appreciate all the... Uh, love we have here, kind of our second church, sister church here, and even though it's been a couple years, it's been good. I remember coming to Hickory when I was a kid, um, coming to Aaron Huddycutt's church for the first time. I don't know if some of you were there, but uh, boy, that was way back when I was a kid and visited, and my dad ministered there. We sang, so Hickory has a lot of good history for us, a lot of friends, a lot of good things took place. Yeah, I was a kid. I think Barry was in his 50s back then, and uh, we... Uh, <laughs> We really enjoyed coming. I don't even know where he was at that time, probably Newfoundland, but I um, uh, just appreciate it. Yeah, we had a few new songs come out here, but this is one. I, I'm, I'm happy to have my children with me on this trip. Every time I go to Hickory, they always jump on the plane with me and come, so it's good to have Gideon and Raya and Gabriella and then Gideon's fiance with us as well. She's following him around or he's following her around. I don't know what's happening, but let's welcome Olivia. And congratulations on their engagement as well, Olivia and Gideon. Not some tragic struggle, not some endless search. Just the story of some kids growing up in church.
count it as a blessing to know such strength and peace. Oh, not that they were perfect, but they lived with honesty. months and um, these guys have never sung it with me before till this morning we practiced it over breakfast at the motel and so we'll see how this goes praise the Lord we're living in the last day Jesus said what would be signs above distress and perplexity the heart's failing for What's coming down That's when we set our eyes on him Stop looking around Brother, look up Lift up your head Your redemption is just ahead Get ready for that grand reunion Like you said Sister, look up Lift up your head don't be looking at the fear and dread when it's all coming down. Brother, look up and lift up your head. The days are numbered for sure to a world full of sin. But for the sons and daughters of God, this is not the end. Amen. 
It's not a time to despair It's not a time to weep It's time to set our eagle wings For the final sweep Look up and lift up your head Your redemption is just ahead Get ready for that grand reunion Like you said Sister, look up and lift up your head Looking at the fear and dread When it's all coming down Brother, look up And lift up your head Brother, look up Brother, look up Sister, look up Sister, look up Brother, look up Brother, look up Sister, look up Sister, look up Oh, brother, look up And lift up your head your redemption is just ahead Get ready for that grand reunion Like you said Sister, look up Lift up your head Don't be looking at the fear and dread When it's all coming down Brother, look up And lift up your head When it's all coming down Brother, look up Lift up your head. Lift up your head. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's stand and sing and learn this one with us. Stand and sing. Lift up your head. Your redemption is just ahead. Get ready for that grand reunion. Like you said, sister, look up, lift up your head. Don't be looking at the fear and dread when it's all coming down. Brother, look up and lift up your head. Sing it one more time. Oh, brother, look up, lift up your head. Your redemption is just ahead. Get ready for that grand reunion. Like you said, sister, look up, lift up your head. Don't be looking at the fear and dread when it's all coming down. Brother, look up and lift up your head. When it's all coming down, brother, look up and lift up your head. Lift up your Give the Lord another hand clap, clap of praise. We're close. How many believe we're close? Hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to God. Praise the Lord. I probably forgot to get my mic in there. So if you want me to use this one? All right. I'll use what you have and the Lord will give you more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. Yeah, go ahead and get that because that way my hands are all freed up. Praise the Lord. Let's turn in our Bibles this morning. God bless you. 1 Kings chapter 19, we'll read together a portion of scripture there and join in the word of God together. Glad we get to spend the weekend with you here and tomorrow as well. <clears throat> we uh, come around here when there's potlucks going on, for sure. We enjoy the cooking down here. 
It's really good. Best cooks in the country. Best cooks in the country. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm very happy to be a Christian this morning. I'm proud of the name of Jesus Christ. I'm proud to bear that name. And the word that he's brought us in this age, I'm proud of it. Never been more proud in all my life to, to just be uh, a particip- not just a participator, but part of it and one with it. And it's a great time to be able to live in this time. Prophets and sages, the Bible says, would have loved to live in the time that we live in and see the things that we see. And so we should never let the devil help us take it for granted what God has done for us in this age and this time that we live in. And young people should know that above anybody. This is the greatest age that you could ever live in. Uh, God is really good to us. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 19. <clears throat> excuse me. First Kings. Excuse me. First Kings chapter 19. We're just going to pick it up in the story here with Elijah in verse 9. <clears throat> And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away." So this is, of course, the place in Elijah's life after Mount Carmel and after uh, the juniper tree, which he just come from, and now the Lord is meeting with him again. And the prophet brought these as three stages to Elijah's journey in his life. And he went through Mount Carmel, which was a tremendous experience. God really came down, manifested, answered by fire. It was a very public thing. It was a very wonderful thing that took place. And then after that, Jezebel's after him, and he goes through a whole different experience with his God, and that's a juniper, where Brother Man says God just put him asleep and rested him just a, a few days and took care of him because he going from that high that he had way to a real low. Uh, but we're glad that God is with us in the highs and God is with us in the lows. But that wasn't the final thing that God had to show Elijah. And this third part in the cave is what he's showing him. And he says, he even feels alone. He says, he said, Lord, I, I, uh, they, they have they've thrown down the, thine altars and slain thy prophets with the sword. You did that, God. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. So he's feeling like he's by himself. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And I can finish it by saying, the Lord was in the still, small voice. He was in the still, small voice. I didn't have this written down, but can we catch a scripture in the New Testament? I will refer to this, and that way we've read it already. In Luke chapter 21... Jesus is speaking about the the last days, and he says, verse 32, in chapter 21, verse 32, Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all be fulfilled, and heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. And take, take heed to yourselves, 
lest at any time your heart should be overcharged or overburdened with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares and worries of this life, and so that that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore, and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things. Remember, he's talking to his elect now. He's not talking to the world that's affected by all these, but he's also talking to his elect. You watch over your souls. You pray always. Because why? We can be kind of sucked into this anxiety. And this fear upon every heart and this distress of nations, we can be sucked into it. And so he's directing us now, don't let your hearts become overcharged. And don't let, and then referring to the song I just sang in another place in Matthew, he says, and when that time comes, brothers, look up, lift up your head, for your redemption is drawing nigh. We're not supposed to be looking at what's happening down here. We're supposed to lift up our head because we're awful close. Amen. Father, bless your word today. We're very glad to be a Lord amongst family here and, and people that we've loved for so many years. And we're thankful to be here. We pray you'll bless today's services and the songs and just every part that in the fellowship that we, have, we have together. We commit it to you. We commit our words to you this morning in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated. Now, in referring back to our text in first Kings, if you just want to have that open We'll uh, go back to that and speak a little bit out of Elijah's life. And I'm going to say that this is the final stage of Elijah here as God has to teach him something. And the thing that God here is teaching Elijah, and it's a very strange thing, but I want to, this has been on my heart. And last night I had three or four or five different subjects and mulling around with them until late last night trying to get the mind of the Lord. And uh, I remember, I told my church this a few weeks ago, I don't know if I ever told you, but, you know, God knows how to bring a young minister through seminary training, his own seminary training. And uh, I remember as a young minister, I was with Brother Ryerson in Germany and his wife, and we, I wasn't ministering then, I was just with uh, Brother Lonnie carrying his bags. And I come into the car, got in the car, and we were headed to the service, and I, they let me take a youth service, so I was all nervous and you know, oh my goodness, you know, and speaking to all the, the Germans and the believers over there. And Germans weren't too fond of young ministers. They didn't believe in them back then. And it was only the senior ministers. So I was really on the spot to speak because they gave me a slot to speak for the youth meeting. And I was very nervous. And I get in the car and Sister Ryerson, Brother Barry, you knew her, Sister Ryerson, she gets on, she just sits in the back with me and she looks over at me and she goes, hath the Lord spoken to you, Brother Paul, this morning? Hath the Lord spoken to you this morning, Brother Paul? And that was one of my big lessons in ministry. And it was like she was not going to continue going to church unless the Lord had spoken to me. Don't, in other words, don't just get up and do a sermon. Has the Lord spoken to you? And I learned a lot that it's more than just sermons. We have to find the mind of God for each congregation and each situation. And so then my, the internet went out in the motel at 11 o'clock, so I just said I gave up and just went to bed. But I got up early this morning, and I was able to finish my notes and look at some things. And so some of this is fresh this morning, but I want to title this, Finding the Lord in the Still Small Voice. And one of the things in this stage of Elijah's life here is that he has to learn what God is in. And it could be said as well, he's learning what God is not in. Everybody listening? 
And so remember now, this is Elijah the prophet now. This is, uh, you know the effect of his ministry, and we know it a lot because it's repeated again in the last days, used five times, very trusted by God. And so we know the level uh, this ministry is on, and we know the level of God manifesting the way that he does through the Elijah ministry in so many powerful ways, in so many public ways, in so many big ways, can you say amen, that you could easily look at things in Elijah's life, especially Mount Carmel, you can see. God answered by fire. He called fire down from heaven. God, and he exposed all the prophets and exposed all the lies going on, leading God's people back to him. And it wasn't a private thing. It was a public display uh, that the whole group could see, the whole congregation could see. This is a manifestation of God. And Elijah was a a great part in that because he was the vessel that hour. And so there were many things in this man's life, in this prophet's life, that he could see God in. There was no denying God was in many things in his life. And yet at the at this part of his life, God has to show him, uh, the Lord is not in that. The Lord is not in that. The Lord is not in this. But I'm going to show you what the Lord is in now. That's a very powerful thing because I truly believe the Lord has to sometimes show us the same thing. Not because God isn't in some other things, but we can't depend on the past. Can I get an amen? When God is doing something new, we can't look to the past and say, well, God was in that before, so I'm looking for God. And my point this morning is that we're in an hour, friends, that we must find God in things. We must have the Lord. We must find the Lord. We must have access to His presence. We must find, we, we're in a time we can't get by without knowing the Lord every day. We can't get by without being in a personal relationship with Him. We can't get by without Him manifesting Himself. And we knowing where He's at. We gotta know where to find Him and we gotta be in relationship with Him. And he has to take a prophet here and he has to show him, I am not going to be in this. I'm not going to be in that. I'm not going to be in the earthquake. I'm not going to be in the fire. But I will show you what I'll be in, which is a strange thing, strange things. I will be in the still small voice. And I'm only elaborating on it because in, in a message, what hearest thou, Elijah, Brother Bram elaborates on it. And he brings these three areas of Elijah's life out bringing it to the church, bringing it to where we're at now. And so there's something really about it. I'd like to just elaborate more on it this morning. There's something, let me just make some foundational statements. There's something about the ending time of the message that God sends. It's the end of it. It's the, it's the last part of it. It's when, he's, it's when he's finishing the message up that God begins to draw his people into the final climax of it. Reason I'm a little nervous this morning because this is a bit new territory for me. But nevertheless, it's in my heart. I'm going to preach it this morning. There's something about the ending of a message that can be quite different than the beginning of the message and the displays of God at the beginning of that. The ending of it has quite a mystery to it as God begins to draw his people into the final climax of everything that he's been trying to do through the entire message that he sent. He's trying to draw the people into something closer of what he's really find, uh, wanting to finally accomplish in the people's lives. And, uh, you know, the, the final result of all of it that he's 
sent it for. Climax is kind of a, almost the wrong word because when I think of climax, you think of something big. Uh, it seems like climax is associated with something big or something loud or like a big bang or something climax. So maybe that's not the right word this morning, but God comes to a climax in his message. He comes to a final thing. He, kind, he comes to the final inheritance, the final promised land that he's, that he's sent the message for. He sent signs. He sent wonders. He sends a prophet. He sends a message. He, he does all these things, but there's a purpose in, in, in it all. There's an end climax to it all. There's an end result. And what a shame if we miss the end result to it. So the, the final result of it all is, is what, what we're looking for. And we see then yet in the mystery of God, there are so many references that the final result of the message is not the big, loud bang, but a secret. A very hidden thing. A quiet inner transformation. So, so you can know where I'm at. The third pole is no public show. It's not a group display of God. It's not a group thing. And now I can go through the Bible and show you many places in this third mystery. It's, it is a mystery and it is a secret. And it's something as he's displayed to the whole world himself. Now as he moves the people in something deeper and something more secret, it becomes secret. It becomes something God can do in you individually and the rest of the world not know about it. And guess what? God doesn't care. God gets glory anyway. But we don't look at it. We say, it's got to be here. It's got to be public. And my God did this. And we testify it, which you should testify. But what God wants to do towards the end is something more personal at the end to your life and to move you into that. And so if we, if we were, let me just say it this way. Brother Lonnie used to say this. If we're moving up into the body of Christ and in time, we're moving up into this body of Christ and God's moved through every area of the body through Luther and Wesley. And there Brother Lonnie says, we come into the head and we come Come into the, the mouth of the body and we move up to the mouth, which was Pentecost, speaking in tongues and all these other things. It was a very vocal thing. And he says, then we moved after in the Pentecost age, we moved up to the eye level of the body where we, God sends a prophet and we have the prophetic eye in the church. But then he says, then we move up into the very mind of the body, which is the mind of Christ. We're functioning by the mind of Christ. And this is the way Brother Lonnie said it. No moving faculties. And people were just as quiet back then when he preached it as you are this morning. No moving faculties. And yet, God's doing a mighty work. No moving faculties. Not the mouth like Pentecost. Not a lot of things going on like that necessarily. But it moves up into something we won't necessarily see. Up into the mind of Christ. In the mind. No more moving faculties. The bride functioning by the mind of Christ operating by the inner man. So if this is true, then when God moves in his people there, because it's more secret, people might say, they might say, God isn't moving like he used to. God isn't doing anything like he used to. Why? Why do they say that sometimes? It's because it's not the normal way that we see God in. 
We are so used to it, looking at all the ways, and we look for God in those things. And I will say this, sometimes people default back to what they knew before because they knew God was in that. And so now, in the nervousness of what they're expecting next from God, in their nervousness, something's got to happen. we got to do something. Uh, Abraham, get Hagar. Maybe God met Hagar. And you try to produce something yourself. And a lot of times people reach back into their past because we knew God worked back then. And they try to recreate something here. We should be careful of that. Can you say amen? We should let God do what he wants to do and be yielded to him. It's not the normal way we see God in. And so we are so used to look in the past of the way God moved. Uh, and, 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 but you see, in doing that, we might miss him in what he's doing now. In present stage of the ministry, the ministry Brother Bram takes Paul's life and it's an amazing thing. He takes Paul and he types it to himself because he said at the end of Paul's this powerful, powerful ministry of Paul went around the world as far as his, his area of around the world and such a powerful thing with miracles, all these things going on. And then he looks at the end of Paul's life and it looks like defeat. Demas said, it looks like defeat. It looks like God's not using you anymore. And Demas even leaves him because of that. It doesn't look like success anymore. You're not doing what you did anymore. And Brother Bram says he's at the end. He's so poor. He's got to ask Timothy to bring his coat. He has one coat. He's in prison. He doesn't have anything else. It looks like defeat. And yet, Brother Redham says, he's at the crowning of his ministry. You'll never be able to understand that unless you're yielding and submissive to how God wants to lead the crowning to be. Can I get an amen this morning? So you find this mystery of God ending it. It's something that's different than what we would expect and there's a final, there's an end result to God's glory to be expressed in individuals at the end of this message. There's a finish. There's a final revival. How many believe there's a final revival? And when God moves in on this age, he, he did so many things and does so many things and expresses himself in so many ways. But there's an end result that is in his mind. And quite often this end result gets misinterpreted through man's own thinking, man's stinking thinking. But there's a nervousness to make something happen. It's at the end of God's purpose. And sometimes God holds and delays. There's a delay in the final expression. And that delay makes people nervous. That delay makes people try to interpret things themselves. That delay makes people default back to something they knew God was in before. Try to recreate it. And so... The end result is to misinterpret some things and in the delay man trying to take the quotes and figure out what's God going to do next. And, and let me just preach against preachers. We, we have a responsibility through the word to set. We're setting people under expectations. We set the bride under expectations. We preach faith. Can you say amen? It's not what you had yesterday. It's what God's going to do in your life now. So we preach people under expectations of what coming, what's coming. But we have to be so careful that we don't preach the people under false expectations. We must be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Every minister in this message must be greatly in tune with the Holy Spirit of what's next and what we're expecting next because we can preach our own opinions about that and use quotes to do it and set the people under false expectations. 
very, very important that we be sensitive to that because we don't want to set under false expectations. We want to set under the true expectations because we must live in expectation. We must have faith to see God. Where are you? We want to find God. We want to find him more than we ever found him before. We want to know where God's moving. We want to be right in the channel of it. And so the ministers, the fivefold ministry used to set the people under those things and under the right expectations. Because if you set the people under false expectations and they expect that, you set them up for disappointment. Because they're looking for something and they're reaching for something and and maybe God's not directing the people there. So they're reaching and, and, and so then you set them up for getting very disappointed. But you'll never be disappointed in God. I said you'll never be disappointed in God. He's not out to disappoint you. He's not out to preach to you expectations that will fail you. He's not out to do that. He wants to put you right in the channel of where you can find him and know that he's in your life and know that you're walking in the spirit every day. Hallelujah. So God's, uh, uh, as we just move along some of these things. So um, we must get a feel for what we're doing and get a feel for this text. And just so you know where I'm going with this, the prophet said when he preached that, here's thou Elijah, and I'm going to quote quite a bit from it this morning, just bits and pieces, but quite a bit from it. But at the very end of it, this is, what, this is, this is the direction I'm going this morning with this. The prophet said when Elijah heard that still small voice, nothing bothered him. That's a big statement. Because there were some things bothering him. Jezebel was one. Jezebel was bothering him. He felt he was alone and there was nobody else believing the message. How many has ever felt alone before? He, he, there, was, there was things that bothered him and then he was so distraught and emotionally zapped uh, after the, the big Mark Carmel. And then he just crashed. And Brother Branham elaborates quite a bit on that, the juniper tree part of his life. And he, Brother Branham says, I've been through that myself. He, every Christian has been through that, where you hit low times. You may be there this morning. You hit low times. You hit a juniper tree. And it's a lonely time. And it's a time that you're, you're wondering where God is. And, and yet, you know, he just fell asleep, Elijah. And God said he would just bring him cakes every morning there and take care of him, just nourish him. There's times when you may not have all the answers, but God will just nourish you in what you need. God will just care for your heart. And he'll bring you out of it. He don't want you to stay there. Don't stay there. If you're in that state this morning, don't stay there. God don't want you to stay there. So, but he said, Elijah heard that still small voice and nothing bothered him. Now that's really important because in the scripture, Luke 21, we find we live in times of uncertainty. We live in times of anxiety. Uh, we live in times of instability. It, it said that men's hearts will fail for fear. There'll be perplexity of nature. All, all those words that Jesus gives for our day is all anxiety, all uncertainty, all instability. Every foundation of every kingdom of this world will shake and fall apart. Political system, financial bank systems, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And you're the people that are sitting every day and watching all this fall apart. You're living right in the middle of it. You're not in some bubble somewhere. You're seeing all this instability around you. Yeah. And, and, and so he gives the, the tone 
And it's worded here in another play, in another translation of the Bible. He said, you should be on guard for it. And he said, take heed to yourselves and be on your guard, lest your hearts, lest your hearts become overburdened and depressed, weighed down with the giddiness and the headache and the nausea of self-indulgence, drunkenness and worldly worries and cares pertaining to the business of this life. And lest that day come upon you suddenly like a trap or a noose. He's not talking to the world. He has to say, this is the age that you're living in, but you better be on guard that you're not sucked into it yourself. That your heart becomes overburdened. That your heart buys into the anxiety and, 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 and the instability and feeling nervous and fearful. I'm going to take this a bit deeper. Didn't expect to do that, but I'm going to take it over to Matthew 10. He's, there's other pressures Jesus spoke of as well in our day. He said, and then shall many be offended. And many shall betray one another. And shall hate one another. So it's easy to preach about the earthquakes and the distress of nations and all men's hearts failing for fear. But now you have some other characteristics of betraying one another, hating one another, and being, many being offended. I want to remind you what I said a few minutes ago. You don't live in a bubble. This is, the, this is the climate that you live in. This is the spirit of the age to betray one another. Now, much more could be said about that. As a matter of fact, I'm feeling pulled this way a little bit this morning. Much more could be said, but don't you act like because I'm in the bride, you're not affected by the spirits of this age and the devil trying to come into a local church and bring that spirit of betraying one another, of being easily offended by one another, and actually hating one another. Come on, let's just take the halo off of our, the top of our head this morning and realize if we're not staying in tune with God and finding God and finding His presence and finding a close walk with Him, we will be affected and it will come into our own ranks. You know how I can say that? Because it comes into my church. Because my church is the only one in the message that's not perfect. That's not true. That's not true. But I feel like it is sometimes because the, the, the devil is, is not trying to get the rulers of this world. The devil doesn't care that the biggest news last week is Trump's mugshot. Can you imagine in the world? That's the news in the world. That's the big deal. I tell you, the devil's doing a lot more than that. Can you say amen? And, and we have to have our eyes wide open. We have to see these things are real. The climate, the environment is to try to betray one another and to be offended with one another and draw your line in the sand. And now I, they did that to me. I'll never forgive them. Really? Are you actually saying that? How does that work in the cross of Jesus Christ? How does that work in the atonement? How does a spirit of unforgiveness work? It doesn't work in the blood of Jesus Christ. It has no place in the body of Christ. Excuse me for being straightforward with you. But listen now, I know the devil. I know how he comes in our church. I know how he makes divide. There's a very divisive spirit that's trying to work among us. Even in the entire message to try to divide people and divide fellowships. Can you say amen? We must be aware of it. And remember this. It's not your brother. It's not your sister. But it's the enemy in the climate of this age. 
And Jesus said, you guard your hearts against that. We have to be aware of it. And then he goes on to say, and many false prophets shall rise. Ah, yeah, I know. You know, Joel Osteen. And wait a minute, wait a minute. He didn't say where it was. It was just the climate of false prophets, false anointed ones. The anointing was right. The anointing is right. But you better check out what they're saying. You better check out their character. You better check out their spirit. Oh, how we could say so much more. But he said the environment was false prophets shall rise and deceive many people. Brother Paul, that's out there. That's not always out there. There's another one. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Just cold, insensitive hearts. Insensitive to one another. Insensitive to the Lord. I didn't expect to be this straightforward this morning, but may we lay our lives before the presence of Jesus Christ and say, Lord, where do I find you? Because that's the answer. I got to find my stability in the right thing. And he's provided it. The answer is even in Luke 21 where he says, heavens and earth shall pass away. Heavens and earth shall pass away. You're the generation will sit and watch heaven, everything that can be shaken, everything that's laying there. God will move everything beneath us and shake it for a good thing to send you to the right place to find God. We're part of a generation who stand and watch everything fall apart, even things we trusted and we're standing on, things you trusted before. You, you, you can't trust them anymore. God shakes us. God pulls everything out from underneath us for a purpose, to show us what we're really relying on. We can't rely on some man's idea. We can't rely on just big meetings. We can't rely. Can you say amen? We can't rely on just man or just a preacher. We've got to have something more stable in this hour. You know what he says it is? You'll watch heaven and earth pass away, but my word will stand forever. The answer is right there. The same as he told Elijah. You won't find me in the earthquake. You won't find the Lord in the fire, but you'll find me in that still small voice. Jesus said the same thing. You're going to look for me. The bride's going to look for me because she needs stability. She needs something to stand on. Heavens and earth will pass away. But my word, you know, the only thing stable I have is this word that's come through the mouth of a prophet, bringing me back to Bible faith. It's the only thing stable. It's the only thing that lasts. I just sit in a, with a preacher. Actually, Brother Barry and I sat with him. He was exiting the message the Sunday before he left. And we sat for about two or three hours trying to reason and trying to bring. Couldn't get nowhere. And we just pleaded as, as a brother with him. And he was already in his mind. He was already gone. And some of his conversations just talk about all the mess that you see and all the fanaticism in our ranks and all this. And, and he just got tired of seeing all this. And, and so then I just said to him, I said, yeah, I know. I've seen that for years too. And if I was establishing my life on what goes on sometimes in our ranks, I would have been gone a long time ago. But my, my anchor is not in what's happening out there in the group of the message. My anchor, I said, and you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. That's what I said. You're taking all that and you're throwing the message out with us. Listen, if I throw the message out, I don't have anything left to stand on. The, I said to him, I said, the only thing that I know is sure that God said to this generation is God's prophet, this word, his Holy Spirit. It's the only thing that is stable. 
So I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying here because I have nowhere else to go. And it's kind of like what Jesus said to his disciples. Will you go away also? And 12 was 12 was there. One was a devil. But one rose up and said, where in the world would we go? You have the word of eternal life. There is no other place to go. Let's give the Lord a hand cup of praise. It is our stability. It is our rest. Not going anywhere. My sister Sherry has a song to tell the devil, I'm not going anywhere. I guess, devil, you think I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here. Because it's the only sure his voice, his still small voice, his word that he sent us and is still speaking to us, by the way. It's not just that it came through William Branham. That's how he began it. His, Jesus Christ is the voice. How many know Jesus Christ is the voice? He only used the voice of the seven messenger to begin this, but to end it, his voice is still speaking to your heart. It may be speaking to you this morning. And your life might be in chaos and you don't have the answers to many questions, but in this word, in his voice, that's where you find your stability. That's why you release your anxiety, your pressure, your nerves this morning. Say, I'm resting in the word because it's stable. Hallelujah. So there are things to shake us. There are things to deplete our spirits. Withdrawals from our emotional banks. That's the, the climate we live in. Family and domestic trouble. Church trouble. A severe Trauma, I wish I could just stay on that a little bit, but look at the environment for the last days of betrayal of one another. Look at it. Friends, I'll tell you, I plead with you in the name of the Lord, look at that real closely and make sure, make sure that there's, that you see, there's something greater than your offenses to one another. And that's what you got to realize. There's something bigger than what your brother did to you. Is that okay to say it that way? It's not in my notes. There's something bigger than how somebody hurt you. There's something bigger than what somebody said about you. And if you latch on and hold on what they said about you, you're going to be defeated. But there's something bigger than that. There's a bigger picture here. There's something bigger than your betrayal. And that's why we can rest this morning. There's something bigger than people being offended with you and you being offended. There's something bigger than the other things that he's mentioned here of false prophets. There's something, there's something bigger than the love of many growing cold. There's something greater. There's something stable. Can you say, man? If there wasn't something bigger, we'd have no hope. But there's something bigger this morning. And you have a choice to lean on what's been said and done it's not your brother, it's not your sister. But it's the climate of the enemy. Who cares if he's got Democrats betraying Republicans and at each other? The devil could care less. It's when he can, brothers and sisters, pointing their guns towards one another and no humility to admit it to one another and forgive and repent. When we refuse to repent, the devil's got us. And that's been said before. If the, and Brother Bram says, if we can get our guns trained on one another, then Satan sits back and he has a siesta. So he says, wow, this is really good. They're fighting so bad in their message ranks that the devil said, I'm taking a vacation. I don't have to do anything because they're fighting at one another. You do realize that Paul Harvey, the big radio guy, he's dead now. Big guy, some of you young people don't have a clue who I'm talking about. Big radio person. 
You realize it has been said that he looked at the message one day. He looked at the ranks and and he said, and I I hate to be negative. I don't think this is totally true, but it's what he's seen. He said, those people that believe William Branham and all that, he said, that group, he says, that's no threat to anybody. Don't worry about them because they're at such odds with one another in their own group. They're not a threat to the world. I hate to say negative things like that because I believe the power of the Holy Ghost in his people is a threat to the world. But looking at it from a carnal view, the whole ranks and everything, there's so much fighting that goes on and so much competition that the devil sometimes sits back and he looks at a local church and he can see fighting and different things going on. And he says, wow, this is great. I've been looking for a vacation. And he goes to Florida or somewhere and he takes a few days off because we got our guns and our swords pointed at one another. Praise the Lord. I'm going to get off that. Okay, that's too much on that. I'm getting on the next subject here. There's things that deplete us. The worst part of it, let me just touch on this. We turn to hundreds of other remedies for our stability to calm our nerves. We have things that help us sometimes, but we must remember if that replaces, completely replaces our calmness and the calming of our nerves and anxiety is something other than Jesus Christ, his still small voice, we're getting distracted. He has a source for us to calm our nerves. He is the main source for that. People jump up and down, their emotional highs and lows, and so they turn to other things. And uh, I might say that sometimes in the circle of believers, they seek signs, they seek wonders, they seek miracles, only that. And they seek emotional highs to try to satisfy the nervousness that they're feeling. They feel unstable. And so they try to seek an emotional high, maybe in a meeting or something. But the problem is, as many people, they go up and down with meetings. And so in order to survive, they have to keep going to meetings. I think the stability in the word makes you so built up that you can go to a meeting already built up. You're not living off those meetings. You're living off something deeper than that. But because we're all human nature, we we crave things. We crave the approval of others. Preachers crave the approval of others in their own spirit. They get weak and uh, they crave to be acknowledged. They become so obsessed with image and appearance. All this because they're trying to fill a void that's supposed to be met by a relationship and that still small voice that settles us. Sometimes a person has leaves a church because they wanted a position and they leave because they couldn't have that position. They wanted to be seen. All they are is trying to fill a void in their lives that they should be filling with the Lord. If you fill your void with the Lord, you don't have to vie for a position. Your satisfaction is in the word that's being preached and your walk with the Lord. You don't need a position. Then God gives you one. Praise the Lord. But if he don't, you're stable. Can you say, I just believe the bride should become stabilized on the word of God. Not a roller coaster Christian life. Not up and down. And one day I'm wondering if I'm even saved. And the next day I'm really saved. (laughs) You can't live on that. I believe God's calling us for stability and consistency and confidence. Not arrogance, but confidence. Can I get an amen? I believe God's calling this bride to stability and consistency. I believe he's calling her to be Holy Ghost filled and stable with that Holy Ghost. You're not a sinner because you get nervous. We all get nervous. I'm not preaching that this morning. You're not a sinner because you get nervous. Just like you're not a sinner if you get angry. The Bible says be angry and sin not. 
You'd have to deny yourself to say, I know I never get angry or I never get nervous. We're human beings. We get that. But it's what we do with it. And it's where we turn to with our nervousness. And don't just think it's medicine that people turn to all the time. It's video games and television series and chick flicks. Amen. We got millions of things in Laodicea to turn to to calm our nerves. And if you have hunting or fishing and, I, you know, he, he cuts some wood there, whatever he's doing there. I, you got to have a distraction, something that, that's natural to relax and calm your nerves. Brother Brown went hunting. I like to record new songs like I did the last few months. I relax in that. I enjoy that. Everybody has, has some. That's natural. But when we mechanically turn to things that are replacements from the enemy and not the Lord and not his still small voice, we're in trouble. Our stability comes from the Lord. Can you say amen? amen? And God's called you to higher than, that's what Jesus is saying in Luke 21. God's called you higher than this. Heavens and earth will pass away, but not you. When everything begins to fall around you, look up, lift up your head. Your redemption's drawing nigh. We're not to be called lower and, and fall under this nervousness. We are called higher. And don't ever forget that. We're called to something higher. It's like the, the guy who had his, a small airplane and he, he, went, he was going to go one day and take a trip by himself. He was just like a one or two seater. He was sitting up front. He got up in the air and got going. And he hears a little mouse in the back, looks back, and there's a mouse. And the mouse is back there in the engine starting to eat away at the wires in the back. And he realizes if he keeps going, he'll eat away at the wires and he's going, he's going to crash. He's getting all nervous. He don't know what to do. He said, I don't have time to land this, this thing. I can't get to that mouse and kill him. What am I going to do? He's scared to death until he realizes, hey, I can fly higher than that mouse. So he just kept rising higher and higher and higher and higher. And then the mouse falls out, dies. You're called to live higher than a mouse. You're not a grasshopper. You're called to something deeper. You're called to something higher. You're called to something, a, 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 a deep relationship in the Lord and his voice. No other generation has been called to such a deep relationship. You and God. So we shouldn't have surface relationships. We shouldn't have surface relationship with the Lord or with one another. We should seek deeper relationships. Is that okay this morning? Our stability is in his voice, in his word. So in Elijah, as we begin to get to the final points here, Elijah in the cave, he's in the cave, but he had three distinct things that Brother Bram brought out in this message. He had a Mark Carmel, he had a juniper tree, and he had the cave. When God showed him something, called him out of the cave. The cave was the third part of the mystery. It was, it was the third part. And three is perfection. You will find the, in the Bible this basis of the three-part mystery in types. Three means wholeness and perfection. It means wholeness and perfection. It was the third angel that came to Abraham with the final prom, promise. There's three parts to the Old Testament tabernacle. There's th- and, and then the last one was the inner court. There's, it took three days for Israel to cross into Jordan, into their inheritance. Daniel prayed three times a day. Jesus said, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. Paul was three years in the Arabian desert. There's three phases to the rapture. I could go on and on and on that there's a mystery under the three that's a perfection and a wholeness. 
And then our prophet begins to get into the third pole, says it's not a public show. The third part, and, and the true mystery does not break under the first and second poles. Did you know the true mystery of God does not break under the first and second pole? Not under the healings. Not under the discernment of spirit. Are those manifestations of God? Of course they are. Was God in it? Of course he was. But now the mystery has not been revealed yet in that. Even though they were powerful, it was God manifesting. The mystery does not break under them. Mount Carmel, God gives you the power and the boldness. Juniper tree, God will nourish and sustain you when you are low. When you have no strength, his strength is perfect. But God does not let you stay there. It's like the two extremes. Mount Carmel and Juniper is like the two extremes in life. And God can sustain you through those things. God can show you his strength during those things. But they seem to be two extremes. And God can show himself in both those things. But the mystery was that God was in that perfection in that final stage. And the perfection was not in Mount Carmel. I'm saying some straight statements now. The perfection of what God was getting to in Elijah's life was not in Mount Carmel. That's what we want, though. As a matter of fact, when we hit a juniper, we're looking for God in another Mount Carmel. And maybe even Elijah did that. I don't know. That's a pretty powerful experience. How many raise your hand and said, I've had experiences like that that I knew God came down in such a powerful way? But our tendency when we get depleted in our spirit and we get nervous and anxiety, we say, I need another Mount Carmel. I need another high. And that's not the answer. He's trying to take you deeper. Can you say amen? So the perfection was not in another Mount Carmel. That's what we want. That's what we're looking for where God is. When we have that juniper tree, we think our answer is a Mount Carmel. God is bringing his prophet through a process. But he needs to show himself in this final mystery. It's the third one that he must come to. And comes to the bride of Christ in the last days as well. So God calls him to the cave and shows him something. The secret to know where the Lord is going to be. To stabilize him. The most important thing that we find what God is in. That's my subject today. The most important thing every person under the sound of our voice. Is we find where the Lord is. Find where, what he's in. And get in that. You don't want to be the outskirts of that. You don't want to be just joining the group. You don't want to just be part of the camp. We must find the Lord for ourselves. We must know where he is. And we must get in that channel where to find him. We must know that and what God is really in and what God is not in. Let me say, you must have the discernment to tell what God is not in. Because that's what he told Elijah. The Lord wasn't in that. The Lord's not in that. But he found what the Lord was in. He says, Elijah and his nerves on the edge. I always felt sorry for Elijah. And I'm going to be long here. I'm going to wrap it up. Elijah and his nerves on the edge. Anyhow, I always felt sorry for him. His nerves was about ready to break. And then he ran and went into the wilderness and laid under the juniper tree. All that experience of the juniper tree. There's many of us find ourselves under that tree. We find ourselves in that tree. I get myself under it many times, Brother Bram said, to to a place that you don't know what to do. You're frustrated. Frankly, I'm under that right now and wondering, oh God, what would you have me to do? You know, people under the juniper tree is like Elijah. They like to sleep. He said, I preach to more tired people than anybody in the world. People is so tired. 
It's the environment. It's the climate. And he says, I preached to more people tired in 1959. And I always like to say, I don't preach to tired people. I preach to people that are falling asleep on me. It's the weariness in our spirit. It's, it's all that's going on. It's, it's the climate. It's the age. I feel it myself. And you feel that. And Elijah, he says, he said, they're so, people are so mentally strained until they're filling the insane institutions and hospitals everywhere. They're, they're, they went in such a nervous condition until they know what they do believe. They, they don't know what they believe and, they, and what they want. They're just laying there. Notice what he says. They're wanting something. They're craving something. And they don't know what to do. Oh, such a sad sight. Listen here, my brother. You can't drink it off. You can't shout it off. He said that. I didn't say it. Now, did he say he was against shouting? Absolutely not. He's against drinking, of course. But you can't be against shouting because that's part of the church. Wouldn't hurt for somebody to shout this morning a little bit. I wish I was on a different shouting subject. But this is what the Lord told me to say. But listen, he can't say there's anything. Other places he says, that's, that's the blessings of God. It's the stimulation of revelation. When God's doing something in here and you're catching the mystery of God, you're going to be emotional. Not like everybody else, but how God deals with you emotionally. Some people just sit and cry. Some people just shout all over. I don't mind any of it. Can you say, man, as long as the st- spontaneous praise in the Holy Ghost, it's not forced. It's not worked up. You don't have to ever do that. You just preach the word. Lives are transformed and they're going to get excited about it. Is that okay with everybody? And can I say this? And you might have to take this off word, but can I say, not everybody that goes to a sports event shouts the same way or enjoys it the same way. Not everybody has their shirt off and something painted on their stomach and they're hanging from the goalpost. Not everybody in that stadium is a fan that way. But everybody enjoys the game in their different ways. My father-in-law, he says, he just sits and laughs. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, he just laughs. You're not going to see him hanging from the goalpost, but he's just as much a fan as somebody else. Amen. Oh, boy. I'm in tr- okay, I've got to get out of here. <laughs> it's all these cliches and things that are used, but you have to realize even in church, you should never worship like someone else. You should worship how the Lord's dealing with your heart and the way it comes across to you. That's the way it should be. I watched my father and someone like that. I've watched people stable for years and they went on to be with the Lord. You'd never be able to take that person out of the rapture. And yet I never see them shout around there. I've never seen them dance. I never see And But I would never take them out of the rapture because I never see them do that. They were the most stable believers. They believed this word with all of their hearts. Sit and just weep when the word was coming forth. Sit and raise their hand and just weep. Or, or, or you know, listen, friends. Listen, let's let God deal with us in a still, small voice. Let's leave this alone and not try to to force something. But he says here, in a lot of other places, he's saying we think that we can drink it off or shout it off. And what he's saying is that he's not against shouting. But what he's saying is that if you're going to that source to relieve your nervousness, and that's your only source, that's wrong. Because that's not going to be lasting. That may be only last till Monday. Wow. 
can't drink it off. You can't shout it off. Neither can you play cards till it's dull. And you can, you can take a thousand siestas and try to sleep it off and you can't do it. You can go to Ireland 10 times. I was with Brother Barry, Sister Becky. <laughs> we had the greatest rest together a few weeks ago in Ireland. It was wonderful. They showed us Ireland and boy, did we ever drive all over it. We drove and drove and drove and it was so peaceful, so restful. Even being with this guy, it was restful. No, we had a great, great time, and we have those. But listen, if we were to do that all the time, there's not enough places to go that would satisfy the void of relieving your nerves like his still small voice can. We can't have replacements. I used to, when I was a young pastor, I'd go on vacation, but I didn't really go on vacation because I didn't give myself permission to be on vacation. And I dealt with all the nervousness and took it all with me. That does no good. you got to take the Lord with you. You don't take a vacation from the Lord. He is our stability. He is our, uh, he's the calming of our nerves. And when he's not in this hour, because the devil likes to convince us, no, this is, uh, we, we don't have it. We do have it. We have the core of the stability for our nerves and uh, everything God has for us is in the still small voice, in the word. We've just got to stay close to it. Is that okay with everybody? Praise the Lord. So the cure, he says, all our little remedies, only thing it does help us are, is help the symptoms. We've got a cure for the disease. All the psychiatrists in the world cannot cure it. It only helps the symptoms. The cure is the blood of Jesus Christ. Now take a rest at seashore, not to get an anthem, a choir, or sing anthems. When he's talking about going to concerts. That's what they're trying to do today. They're trying to sing it off. Oh, we'll make ourselves like the Joneses. We'll get what the Joneses have next door. We're trying to do something different, trying to educate it out. There's only one way to do it. That's face the facts. That's right. Oh, if you're upset and frustrated, don't join church. That doesn't even help. Come to Christ. Many of us hit those places, especially after Mount Carmel experience. It was asking me the other day by someone about that. said, what, would, what, what can be done? What can be done for us at that time when we hit that low time? There's only one thing to do during that time. Commit yourself to God. <laughs> you hit a juniper tree. There's only one thing you do because you can't explain nothing that's going on. Family, domestic trouble, squabbles, Sometimes you don't have the answer, and that's our problem. We're looking for the answer. We're interpreting it ourselves. In those times, he's given advice. There's only one thing you can do. Just commit yourself to God. Just leave it alone. Let it go. Brother Chris Moritz came to our church a couple weeks ago, such a powerful message on forgiveness. Talked about Corey Ten Boom and what the prophet said and what she said about Corey Ten Boom about letting go of the rope. Talked about a bell. That if you keep pulling the rope, it keeps ringing the bell for the rest of your life. All this bitterness and unforgiveness and things people done for you. And he says, it's time to let go of the rope. If you let go of the rope, you might hear it bong just a few more times. But if you let go of the rope, after a while, it's going to get quiet. And it won't be as big a deal. We need another baptism of forgiveness in this message for one another. Let it go. Commit yourself to God. Let it go. But just let it go. I can't let... Just let it go. Let it go so you can be free. The other person may not get free, but you'll be free. He knew his servant needed some rest, so he just puts him to sleep for a while. While he's laying there waiting to recuperate and praying, the Lord, my father's died before me. Now take my life. Do you know he was suicidal? Everybody knows Elijah was suicidal. He said it twice to the Lord. Just take my life. Get me out of here. Just, just shoot me. Just end this. I'm done. I'm finished. Lord, get ready. He was suicidal. He was so low, he was saying, just end my life. I want to be out of here. I want to be through with this. 
I fought a good fight. I, I, he said, I finished my course, but there was a work yet to be done. God wasn't through with his prophet. He still had work. No matter how much we cry out and think this, that, or the other, nothing can take us until God is finished with us. I'm so glad to know that. Sometimes you feel like as one time I put a pistol to my head, against my head to commit suicide, but I couldn't do it. Poor, tired, weary servant. He saw him. He knew where he was. He knew where Elijah was. He knows where you're at. Aren't you glad this morning he knows where you're at? Even if you're under a juniper tree, he knows where you're at. You can rest in that. He knows where you're at. He knows where he's gone. He knows where you're at. You might be under a juniper tree. Everything gone. But remember, he knows where you're at. And we find that when 40 days, 40 nights, God located him standing and pulled back in the cave. Now we get to the final phase. And I'm going to end this in a minute. And God wanted to attract his attention. So there was a great storm that passed by. It rent the mountains. It was so powerful to shook the rocks. But God wasn't in the storm. It went before God did. And then there come again a great earthquake that shook the earth. But still God was in the earthquake and there come a fire but God wasn't in the fire and then there came a still small voice and God was in the voice and brother sister I've been back in a cave long enough and you have too to know that there's been a lot of earthquakes shaking around a lot of noises and fusses and stews and things like that and big meetings but where has been God out of it he's not saying God wasn't in those meetings but what's the end result Where was God out of it? That's the reason I said what I did this morning. There's got to come something deeper than a healing service. I'm reading from the prophet here. There has got, he's craving it. It's 1956. He's he's looking for something deeper. Not intellectual. The next move of God. The next deeper move of God. And he's crying, saying, there's got to be. Here's a man that's been in hundreds, if not thousands, of healing services. And he's the one saying, you haven't been in that many healing services. He's the one saying, I love this. God is in it. But there's got to come something deeper than a healing service. There's got to come something deeper than a gift to speak with tongues. There's got to be something deeper than a rushing mighty wind. The wind went forth. My my goodness. The wind went forth, but God wasn't in it. We've had rushing mighty winds all over the country. Sensations, blood in the face and in hands, all kinds of signs. But where is God at? All the great fuss and America is guilty of listening to those noises. Oh, America, we love noise. But God is not in the noise. Although as honorable things as they are, God isn't in noise. If that would have been so, when the Africans beat the tom-toms, you'd never heard such a noise and rhythm. God wasn't in it. And we've had rushing mighty winds. We've had all kinds of fires and earthquakes and shakings. Now, friends, he's not referring to the world. He's referring to the church. It's a rebuke to the church. We've had shakings. We've had earthquakes. We've had great revivals and things like that. God wasn't in it. If it had been, it would have showed itself up. And later he... Later in the message he talks about, he says, all it's produced is more division and more denominations and these things. You can't denominate this message. You can't do it. But the spirits of denomination try to work in when people depend on other things than the core of what this message is. The true, genuine Holy Ghost and a life that's following his still small voice. And when you have other impersonations and things like that, it turns into denominational spirits. It divides. But after that, after the wind, after the great revivals, after that come a still, small voice. And then God was in 
the voice. Can you say amen? amen? Elijah was told under the third mystery what God was not in. And he was told what God was in. And at that third pole, we, we come to what God is in. What a powerful thing. What he is speaking. It's a secret voice. It's a secret mystery to the bride. Elijah was shaken until he found where God was. And Brother Bram says he was no longer shaken. He was no longer moved. He settled down. He quietened. He began to listen to that still small voice. It reassured him. And you will always find me, Elijah, in this still small voice. And Elijah as well, I'll tell you this. You're not alone. I've got 7,000 there that are believing this message. When you feel alone, God can confirm to you, you're not alone. There's somebody else that's feeling the pull that you are. There's a, there's a, there's a many-membered bride of true hearts, true lives, true bride. And it's not because of the church you go to. If we think it's because you're attending a church that has the message sign on it. No, that's God's no respecter of that. Satan's no respecter of that. It's not the sign on the door. It's an individual revival. But know that you're not alone in that revival. God is anointing other people as well. God is leading other people and they're craving for more of him and find where he's at. When you know you are hearing his true voice lead you every day by this message and the voice of the Lord and you know there's more of you around the world, not just yourself. A peace settles over your souls and your lives. Perfect peace. It's not being a part of the big group. It's not having emotional highs and lows. It's finding the stability of his still small voice that's in the word. Will it, will it get exuberant in worship sometimes? Of course, of course it will. I, I was just, you people think, uh, people think a lot of things of me sometimes, but just a few weeks ago at Mike Wall's camp, I was dancing myself. I got so excited about the word. Uh, and people are looking, you, Brother Paul? Yeah. I, when I get excited about the word and what he's doing in my life, I express that when it's real in my heart. I just can't contain it. Those times come. We can't live off of those times. It's because every day you're hearing from the Lord. You're speaking to him. He's speaking back to you. There's a stability in that. And we get away from that. We're going to feel shaky. You don't reach, oh, I need to, oh, boy, I need to get to the next meeting. No, no. You, you bring it with you to the meeting. You bring your stability with you. That's the way we should be living. Aren't you glad that we can find God? Aren't you glad he tells us where we can find him? The Lord was not in the earthquake. Elijah, he's not there. He's not in the fire. But I'm going to tell you where he's at. He's in the still small voice. He's in the voice that's speaking in this hour. Father, I love you and thank you for your voice. Begin speaking to me as a young child, but... When I received your spirit at 16 years old, something happened to me, Lord. And I remember it so distinctly that something changed in my life. And Lord, I was hearing through different ears. I was hearing the word preached as I had always heard as a child. I heard the message and privilege to be around it, Lord, all these years. I love it with all my heart. But Lord, something happened at that camp, Lord, that year. And as it happens to many, Lord, they, something happens personally and you start to hear the word through different ears. 
And Lord, when Brother Hildebrandt was preaching that meeting, I believe I received your spirit while the word was being preached because I was hearing it different, something. I heard a voice within the voice that was your voice, Lord. And ever since that time, you're still speaking to me. You're still guiding me, Lord. And when I get quiet and when I get away from all the noise and all the drama and all the different things taking place, when I get away from it, I come back to that, that you begin leading me on and I come back to that. Lord, I feel my spirit just become so settled and so much at peace. God is in control. God will finish the work. He that began a work will be faithful to complete it. And Lord, I rest in that with the peace of God. I thank you, Lord, for these precious people who've listened and so got into the word today. We thank you for them. May we enjoy our time together tonight and tomorrow. May you come near us even closer, I pray, as we give all of ourselves to you without reservation. We trust you. We may not trust the governments or anything, but we trust you and your voice this morning. We completely trust it. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand together. My daughter said something the other day that inspired a sermon. One of my daughters, she said, Dad, I I just want to pull away from all the drama and all the fights and all the things you see and Social media, it seems to be a place that can be positive, but it can be very negative, and you can get caught up in it. And it can, it can, it can make your spirit feel uneasy. What's happening on in our ranks? She said, I just want to pull away from all that. I just want to live a good Christian life and stay close to the Lord. I was inspired by a sermon for that because you realize that it's Satan complicating what God sent to be simple. If you get yourself in all the environment that you can be kind of shaken, but when you stay close to his voice, then you know. Amen. God gave me this song when I was first started the church in Toledo. And Becca just showed me somebody singing, a young, young sister singing it in Australia. I feel the pull. And she, she was singing it so, so much better than I ever have. It was such a blessing to me. It was wonderful. And I'm glad it's went on. But you know what? I'm still there that... He speaks to me, and I agree. Lord, please come and take control. I feel the pull. I just started the church. I didn't have a clue what was next in my life. Sleeping on on the floor in an office that didn't even have a place to live. Started some services, and on the floor that night, I was taking showers at the YMCA, didn't have an apartment. Laying there, grabbed a piece of paper, wrote the whole thing out, and it's because I was feeling... I was feeling void. I didn't know what was next. But there's one anchor that I knew. I knew I felt the pull of God. And that's all I needed. Stay close to that. Amen. Key of, key of G, if you can, sister. At night I lay in bed And I began to cry Thank you.
that drawing, Lord. Take us deeper, Lord, we pray. And I know His Lord, and I agree. Oh Lord, please come and take control. I feel I went to hear word. Hallelujah. With each line and pray. He was speaking in that. He was drawing me to give praise. Hallelujah. There's a sisters, sisters, and pray for them right now. Lord, may that voice never leave their lives. May it continue to speak to them. Yes, Lord, Jesus. Lord, we pray a prayer of encouragement to our brothers and sisters. It should be bring oneness, Lord, in our midst. Your Holy Spirit working in us, Lord, the divine love and forgiveness, Lord, and repentance, those elements that's in Christ that we need in our lives. And Lord Jesus, I pray you'll drive away every fear, every anxiety, every nervousness, Lord, things and the pressures of this life, the worries and the cares. May you relieve that person this morning. May they leave here free. Lord, just trusting in you, committing it to you, Father. Lord, may they find this mystery secret, Lord, more and more. What you taught Elijah, you're going to find me. You're going to find me. Find me in that still small voice. Lord, we must have you. We must find where you're at and dwell there, Lord. We thank you, Father. We just pray that you encourage each one in the faith of God. May they go on in their journey, Lord. May these precious young people go on in their journey to a depth in you, Lord. A a, a powerful walk in you, Lord, every day. 
Bless them, Father. And the environment and the climate that we live in, may it not affect us as it, as it does others. But may we lift up our head, look up our, and lift up our head for our redemption is drawing nigh. Yes. We're not to live under those fears, Father. You've called us to something higher. You've called us to another place. Grant it, Father. We place this in your hands now. We pray you'll bless every individual, Lord, that's heard it. In Jesus' name, we ask it. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is good all the time. Key of S, let's sing that. God is good and worship Him. Hallelujah. If you're walking through the valley and there's shadows all around, do not fear. He will guide you by that voice. They were 
Hallelujah. I love this family of God So closely knitted into one They've taken me And I'm so glad to be a part of this great family Here we go I love this family of God so closely knitted into one they've taken me into their heart I'm so glad to be a part of this great family one more time oh I love this family of God So glad to be a part of this great family. Praise the Lord. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad you know him? Aren't you glad you know him? Aren't you glad he knows you? Amen. And you know what? We never get tired of worshiping him and singing praises to his name. And let's sing it this morning. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. He gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. It gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Oh, what a love between the Lord and I keep falling in love. good amen he surely is i'll tell you what saints of god i'll just say this that this whole thing is not winding down into some big horrible mess but i believe this rather and i want to i want to maintain this in all of my life at least 
And that is this. I believe it's ramping up into a glorious conclusion. You can look at it either way. You can say it's all descending into a big mess. No, to me, God loves the bride more than that. I believe it's ramping up into a glorious conclusion. I believe it's going to go where God wants it to go. I believe God's going to have his way among the bride of Christ. And I believe in terms of our personal conviction, hey, faith pursues what revelation reveals. Faith pursues whatever revelation reveals. You should be praying God for, praying to God for revelation because Brother Bram said that's what you need to be praying for more than anything else. Faith then pursues what God reveals. And that's what we should be doing. Not worrying about this over here or that over there or something else. Hey, faith pursues what revelation reveals. And you should say, Lord, reveal yourself to me. Make it plain. Make it real. And then give me the courage to follow that. Give me the faith to follow that. That's what God wants. I believe God took Enoch because that was his testimony. That he walked with God and pleased God. And there was a lot going, around, going on in, in uh, Enoch's day. There was a lot going on in Noah's day. There was a lot of stuff happening, right? But it didn't bother Enoch. He just walked with God. That's what the Bible says. And I think that's what we have to do. Faith pursues what revelation reveals. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. All will see how great, how great is our God. The splendor of a king. Clothed majesty. Let all the earth rejoice.
Lord Jesus. How great, how great. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we could just sing all day. If we, if we love the, the singing and the worship so much, imagine how much he must love it. And, and just say to everybody around him in heaven, hey, 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 relax, hold on. They're all singing down there. Listen to that. Because he delights in the praises of his people. They're doing it not because they have to, not because they're told to, and not because they're paid to, but they're doing it just because there's something in their hearts that's bubbling out and just wants to reach out and just thank a God they've never looked at, thank a God they've never touched, and thank a God they've never been in the physical presence of. But somehow or another, they got it, they got it, they know it, it's real to them. And they're just singing from their hearts. And he's saying to the angels, look at that, look at that, look at that. That's a people who are in love. That's a people who are in love. That's a wonderful thing. Glory to God. Majesty, oh, worship his majesty. Father, we thank you for this time in your presence today, Lord. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word and the example of what men of God went through, Lord, the people of God went through in their day and the different things that happened to them and how they had to learn and discover where God was and where God was not. And now, Lord, you're still teaching us and you're still showing us, Lord, and 
I, I pray to God that every, every member of the Bride of Christ, no matter where they are, we would all be sensitive, Lord, increasingly sensitive to that voice so that, Lord, we can become even more dependent upon you and where you're leading us, Lord. I believe the last turn of the way is, Lord, it's very short, it's very narrow. Lord, we want to be sensitive because we know you know the way to your own house. And so, Father, we commit our hearts into your care now. We thank you for the word of the Lord, and we ask now that you would be in our conversations today, Lord, that you would prepare our brother's heart for the service tonight. And that, Lord, we just give you our time. We give you our, our minds, Lord, and we just want to consecrate and sanctify this day for you. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for your many blessings. And, Lord, prepare us, I pray, tonight as we come. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. What you want to make sure of in your heart is that God is good. There's nothing impossible with him. It's all been settled at Calvary, and I'm his son or his daughter. Do I need to say that again? You need to be sure of this one thing in your heart, that God is good. There's nothing impossible with God. It's all been settled at Calvary, and I'm his son or his daughter. I think that's worth saying again. God is good. Say it with me. God is good. Nothing is impossible with God. It's all been settled at Calvary. And I'm his son. Glory to God. Outside of that, the rest of it's just filler. Right? Come on. Outside of that, a lot of it's just filler. God is good all the time. Sing it as you go today. God bless you. Come tonight. Come early. There's more uh, folks, I believe, around. There's some services that are canceled tonight. So come early and grab a seat. And don't get caught parking on the grass. God bless you. God is good. God is good, sing it as you go, saints. 